Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, you hear a lot these days about Planned Parenthood, and of course, they put themselves out of being so concerned for women. Oh, it's all about women's reproductive health care. Well, today we're going to talk to someone who actually worked for Planned Parenthood, actually supervised several Planned Parenthood abortion clinics, and you're going to hear the real truth of what goes on with Planned Parenthood. So joining me today is a good friend of our ministries, Myra Rodriguez. Myra, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me here, Janet. It's such a pleasure and honor to be here and to be able to tell my story, right? And hoping that people will understand what this reproductive right is all about. That's right. So tell us what brought you to get a job with Planned Parenthood? Well, uh, obviously, I look and I speak like an immigrant, right? I was born and raised in Mexico City. And then uh, I like to say devoted to our lady of Guadalupe, right? Coming from that beautiful city. I came to this country when I was only 17 years of age with a medical lab technician diploma and with many dreams. One of them was to work in the medical field. I really like to help women, right? So after a few years working in the restaurant industry and the food industry, a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you come work for Planned Parenthood? They help women and they want to hire people like us to attract the Latino community. I'm like, what could go wrong with that, right? They want to help women and they want to help my community. And that's how I entered the doors of Planned Parenthood in the year 2000. Wow. Okay, so now when you first arrived at Planned Parenthood, what did you find and what kind of job did they have you do? You know, what was your, that first introduction into Planned Parenthood like? Well, you know, something really funny, if you may call it, is that on the day of my interview, I remember the HR director asking me, so what do you think about abortion? I answered like a good Catholic, so I thought, I was born and raised Catholic. I said, I wouldn't have one. But if someone else does, that's her problem, right? That's her body and her choice. Who am I to judge them, right? And I quickly asked, but I won't be doing abortions, correct? And she's like, no, no, you were hired for the other side. I was hired to work in the centers. You know, those centers that they constantly used to promote a lot. Like, we do more than abortions. We do preventive care. We do STDs, we do pap smears, we prevent cancer, right? That's the side that I started working for in the year 2000. Okay, so I'm just curious because 
you're working on that side. Do they really do all those things, STD testing, pap smears, and all that? Because I know they don't do mammographies like they claim. They give a referral slip for you to go to another place to get a mammography. So what do they actually do other than doing abortions, killing babies, uh, in the abortion clinics there? Yes. So before Biden, let's talk about it before Biden, which is the time I worked there, right? Planned Parenthood had two sides. Why did I say before Biden? Because when Biden took over, Planned Parenthood didn't have to worry about having two sides. They just merged all their clinics. But before, Planned Parenthood will have to have a center in order to get the Title X funding, which is that federal fund that comes from our tax money that is given to Planned Parenthood to provide services that are called preventive which is pap smears, STDs, uh, medication for STD treatment, uh, supposedly pregnancy prevention, which is birth control, right? Uh, edu sex education, that's how I enter into schools. And every year they start doing less of those services and more of the abortion services. When they say we prevent cancer, you're right. They did a breast exam and if something's weird, we'd refer you out. If they do a pap smear and something comes wrong, we'll refer you out, right? Like they literally didn't do more than that, right? If someone came out with HIV positive, they refer them out. There's no treatment for that, right? They, they were good at doing the quick treatments, but also promoting, especially in the LGBT community, you have no idea how many times I participated on the Pride festivals because they told me you have to be there and set up a table because that's our clientele. We get people from there, right? Take some free HIV testing, take some free condoms, give them some coupons, and they will come. And that's what I did for many, many years. So how did you get to the point then where you were overseeing not one, not two, but three Planned Parenthoods, and were they all Planned Parenthoods that were actually doing abortions? So I became the training coordinator, like, like a good immigrant, I'm gonna say. I was a hard worker, and I was grateful. I know some people don't understand. How could you say you were grateful to Planned Parenthood? But listen, I'm an immigrant. Here I am getting empowered as an immigrant, getting empowered as a woman, right? With a dream that immigrants only have, this American dream, right? When you come to a foreign country and you become someone, right? right. So they gave me the direction of the first Title X clinic, which was the preventive service here, which by the way, they groom you so good that I became good at selling abortion, which is the reality. Even though I had nothing to do with the abortion centers yet, I promoted abortion as the only way out for that pregnant woman that came to my center, right? That 16-year-old is like, you know, you can just get an abortion. And then it was the sales speech of abortion are safer than carrying a pregnancy to full term. Because when you carry a pregnancy to full term, and then you give them the long list of things that can go wrong on a pregnancy, right? None of that can happen on the abortion, right? And then whatever they tell you that could happen on abortion, it's a very small percentage. It hardly ever happens, right? I became really good. I became so good that I trained people to do that too. I even became trained to do ultrasounds for his stational sizing 
meaning for early pregnancy detection. And I became the trainer for that to remember. I only had a medical lab technician diploma from Mexico and they trained me to train people. Then eventually they gave me the direction of the first center and they gave me the direction of the second center in Flagstaff, Arizona. And then on 2016, after being such a dedicated employee, and when I say dedicated, Janet, this Mexican went on to Congress with Cecile Richards, the former Planned Parenthood CEO, to advocate for Planned Parenthood so they wouldn't get defunded. Can you imagine that as an immigrant to be able to be stepping your foot into Congress and advocating for Planned Parenthood in the name of reproductive rights? And with that came uh, Employee of the Year Award. And they're like, Myra, you're so good. And then people voted for me and I was the Employee of the Year for Planned Parenthood, Arizona. And after that, it became a promotion that I was not expecting to be honest with you, Janet. For 16 years, I've been selling abortion, I've been promoting abortion, but that's it, right? And then they asked me to become the director of the biggest abortion facility in the state of Arizona, Glendale which is a role that I took on in November of 2016. Now I'm the director of three centers. Wow. So now, now you're the director of an actual abortion clinic where they're doing many abortions every day, the whole week long. Seven so, days a week. Seven, day, seven days a week. So what got you to the point of feeling so good about this job to saying, oh my God, what am I doing? I can't do this any longer. Like, did you actually yeah. see a procedure? Did you see the baby, you know, parts afterwards? Like, what jolted you to say, what am I doing? I'm a good Catholic. What am I doing? Like, how did you transition out to say, this can't happen anymore? Well, by now I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't consider myself a good Catholic anymore, right? I consider myself Catholic for choice, for sure, right? But I wasn't going to church every Sunday. I certainly was not going to confession. I will avoid going to mass with the excuse of, I'm not going to mass because people will be asked there to pray at my work and I don't wanna go through that harassment, right? That was the excuse that I will make. But in reality is that I wasn't feeling clean enough to set a foot on the church, right? So I wouldn't call myself a good Catholic anymore. I would call myself a Catholic just by inheritance, if you can call it, right? Like someone that her mother was Catholic. My mother will remind me when mass was very, very important to attend. And the rest of the year, I never set a foot in church. Then I became the director of this abortion facility. Against my will, I'm going to say that. I didn't want it to. When they offer me the job, I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. 60 years I've been good, so thank you. And they were like, mm, sorry, the Trump will defund us and we will close down clinics and I cannot guarantee you will have another job. And at that moment, the selfish side of caring for your family, caring for you, jump in and it's like, well, I gotta do this. But on top of it, Janet, it was like, I'm grateful. I mean, they've been giving me a job for so long. As an immigrant, they empower me. I had the American dream thanks to them. How could I now betray them, right? By not taking the job when they need me, right? Right. So I took the job. And then when I took the job, they said, um, you know, Myra, uh, I mean, you have been working for us, but 
we don't need to train you on anything on abortion because you've been here so long that you're fine, right? I'm like, okay, fine. And then I start seeing things, things that I didn't think that were happening. Remember, I just told you for many years, I sold the idea of the abortion to women, right? I was the first person they came in contact with when they found out they were pregnant. And you know, one of the things I remember the most is the training to tell a woman that she's pregnant. It was like, don't walk in that room with a happy face and tell her, congratulations, you're pregnant, right? It's always like a, a face of you're not happy about it. So she won't feel judged if she doesn't want to be a mother. You walk in with a face of this is bad, right? This is a problem. And then right away, you know, every person that sees your face as a tragic, it's like the doctor doesn't walk in there to tell you your cancer, like you have cancer cells with a happy face, right? He walks in there with a face that it's something bad and you know immediately it's something bad because his face is telling you this is not, this is not good. Well, sure. Because and that's like, how they you train said, you. If you go into her with a positive pregnancy test and say to her, oh, sorry, but you're pregnant. You know what I mean? You're already exactly. setting it up as opposed exactly. to if it was a wanted baby, you would say, oh, guess what? Congrats. You're pregnant. But no, you're in the mindset there of saying to her, sorry, but you're pregnant. But we can help you take care of that. Right. Exactly. And yeah. you're going to be safe because I mean, Plum Parenthood has been doing abortions for so long. Right. And yeah. abortions be legal in this country for how long. Right. So you're going to be safe. And Abortion, it's a very safe procedure that nothing could happen to you, right? Nothing that could happen to you during your pregnancy will happen to you during the abortion. But then when I became the director of the abortion facility, that was not true, Janet. A woman got perforated daily. And this is the medical director, Janet. I'm telling you that the abortionist that was at that facility was the medical director, meaning he oversees all the abortionists that work for Planned Parenthood in the state of Arizona. And every time he did an abortion, those women will bleed more than what they will call normal. They will take longer to heal. They will have allergic reactions. And then it became the falsifying a patient chart. What I mean by that is that when a woman had like a high blood pressure or something that will put her of the, out of the outline of being able to have her abortion pill or her procedure, all of a sudden it was like, they will send another nurse or he will do it himself. Or the other abortionist will check the blood pressure herself and be like, no, you were wrong, she's fine. Mm -hmm. Things like that. They would, Same they thing would with the ultrasounds. Anyway, so how long did it take you being at this abortion clinic, you know, where they were killing the babies every day and hurting the women how many years, like, what a period of time went by before you, and what else did you see that was incorrect before you said, that's it, I'm quitting? So I started raising my voice about these abnormalities. I started raising my voice about these complications. I started raising my concerns, right? I'm like, this is not normal. This is not normal. What's going on here? My supervisor was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it, right? Like, I will constantly get that, right? Like a pat in the back and you're doing a good job. You just keep at it, right? But then there was a case, and this is September. Remember, I took over in November of 2016. Right. By September of 2017, I had a case, a specific case. And you know, 
for many years, I mean, I've been an employee of Plan Parenthood. I know what they do in there, right? I just told you I used to do the ultrasounds, right? I had two kids already. I never had an abortion myself, but I had two kids. And I have heard that the babies go in a trash bag and they go in a red bag and they get cremated with all the medical waste. I have heard that. I'm not going to come here and tell people, oh, I didn't know. No, I knew that, right? There was a 19-year-old girl that she was 14 weeks pregnant and the abortionist did her abortion. And this is through the dismemberment of the babies. That means uh, ripping their baby parts to legs, torso, to arms, a head. He inserted an IUD, which is an intrauterine device, supposedly used as a birth control method, which we know it's abortive. And the assistant came onto my office and said, Myra, I'm missing the baby head. And what that means is that when they're done, they go into a room and they account for the baby parts like a puzzle. And they have to make sure, especially in the state of Arizona, because we do have a legislation that says that everyone has to sign an affidavit that says we all accounted for the baby parts. It's all complete. Abortion has been completed. There's nothing missing. But he will constantly sign that form long before he even saw the patient. Like he will sign all the forms at the beginning of the day before he even saw the patient. So this this girl, and I will say the girl because she was like 21, 22, was like, Maya, I'm really concerned. With no medical background, Janet. She was not even a medical assistant yet. She had just her high school diploma, but she knew how bad it was that she couldn't find the baby head of a 14-week baby. And she said, I know he's going to fire me, but this, I got to do something about it. So I went back and I argued with him. And after arguing with him, he accepted to do an ultrasound and found the baby head above the IUD. The 19-year-old had basically two abortions on, on her in less than 30 minutes. He inserted the IUD twice. He falsified the patient chart. Patient didn't even know about it. I still remember that I stayed in the room after the whole thing, you know, because I was like, I'm going to make sure I'm just going to stay in the room. And he was upset. And I remember her kind of waking up and say, like, I thought you were done. And all he did was signal the nurse to push in more medication on her so she wouldn't know what was going on. I can assure you that up until today, that girl doesn't know what happened to her, right? I left the clinic that day. I called my supervisor. I said, that's it. Either you do something or I will. And I have all the proof kept on my desk. I mean, some people say that was wrong on my part to alert them that I had every single proof, right, of every wrongdoing he had done. Today, I don't regret it. As soon as I left the building, within the next few days, that's when I got fired. They set me up. Imagine that you're not there, Yannin, and then all of a sudden, next week, Father Problem told, tells you, hey, while you were out last week, we found drugs in your desk. You're fired. You're like, what? I wasn't even here. What are you talking about? That's basically what happened. They set me up. They tried to accuse me of something severe like having narcotics on my desk, narcotics that are used on patients to, to numb them. And I knew I had to do something about it. Wow. And so now you have no job and they obviously accused you of something you didn't do. <clears throat> what did you do? 
Well, with the help of the pro-life movement here in Arizona, specifically a priest, right? His name is Father Klein. And a lady was used to pray on the sidewalk. She still prays on the sidewalk. She's been doing it for over 30 years. I got the help of my lawyer, Tim Casey, and we started our lawsuit against Planned Parenthood, a wrongful termination lawsuit, being the first lawsuit from an employee to make it to trial, being the first lawsuit from an immigrant to even against that as a whistleblower. It was a wrongful termination with the protection of the Whistleblower Act, which gratefully in the state of Arizona, you know, it wasn't as corrupt as we can say that it is now the system, right? And the judge was a full Democrat, pro-productive rights person. The, the jury were all pro-abortion. But after hearing our side of the story, they sided with us and found Planned Parenthood guilty in 2019 of terminating me to protect the abortionists. Wow, success. <clears throat> so since then, of course, you are with uh, the group of... Um, uh, with Abby Johnson, right? Of, uh, yes. You know, many groups. Huh? Many groups coming out of the abortion clinics. Yes. And, um, you know, your story is so important because, you know, we on the pro-life side have always said about the, the bad treatment of women in abortion clinics. It's not medicine. It's not good for them. But people like yourself who come out and say, I can't do this anymore. I quit. You have the truth because you were there and saw all the bad things they did, falsifying records, like you said, signing uh, paperwork before you even do a procedure. I mean, you bring that out, like you think about it. What doctor in any hospital doing an in and out patient surgery gets to sign off on the operation before he starts the operation? That, that's ridiculous, right? I mean. Any, anybody with their clear mind should say that shouldn't be. <coughs> Excuse me, but Planned Parenthood, this is what they get away with, isn't it? The abortion industry gets away with it, Janet. The actual abortion industry is one of the most unregulated industries in our country, in the world, I will add. I mean, just so you know, I just told you that at the beginning of my time here, while I was doing community college, I worked in the food industry. In the food industry, I was a, a manager in a restaurant and the health department would not even let you know when they were coming on to do an inspection, right? It's a surprise. They show up. I will get my inspections scheduled at Planned Parenthood. The health department will call me and be like, just to let you know, we will be there between Monday and Wednesday next week between nine and five. And we're going to review about 25 charts. What do I do? Make sure everything's perfect between Monday and Wednesday. Pull up the perfect chart that, by the way, a legal team will review first and hand that over to the health department. Currently, my husband and I own a trucking company. And I can tell you that if right now my husband or one of the trucks that drive gets stopped by a highway patrol and the tires are worn out more than they were supposed to, or the truck is not in perfect conditions, it gets out of service. I don't get a warning of, hey, I'm going to check your truck next week, make sure it's up to date. No, it doesn't. I can tell you from being ex an expert in three industries that the abortion industry has no regulations. And actually now, Janet, we see propositions like the one going on in Ohio, propositions like in California, Oregon, Washington, 
Minnesota, all these liberal states, if you may add, Ohio is not even a liberal state, but here we are, asking for even less regulations. Like, I just told you this was a doctor that did that. And most of these legislations today said that they don't even have to have a license to do an abortion. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. You don't even have to be a doctor to do an abortion. And of course, you know, Myra, as you know, Planned Parenthood also targets the black and Hispanic community, don't they? Do you have any experience with that? Yes. Well, remember I told you I was hired because I was a Latino immigrant and they wanted my bilingual skills to attract the Latino community. I was grooming to groom in my community to tell women, hey, you know, you were not brought to this world to just give birth to children. There's more to life than you being a mother. And little by little, you start believing this lie that a woman needs liberation, that my people needed to be liberated from the kitchen, right? And right now, look at it. I mean, this, the, the countries that are promoting fully cover abortion by their governments are known countries for having high immigrants in our country. This is not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence that in Mexico, the poor people get offered a free abortion. That in Colombia, a poor woman gets offered a free abortion. It is not a coincidence. It is an attack. It's like, it's still eugenics like Margaret Sanger, right? It's deciding what kind of people should be the ones that get to live in this world and who shouldn't just be killed. That's what this means. So now tell us um, if people want to, you know, read your testimony or be in touch with your ministry, what website can they go to? Well, I do have my website, MayaRodriguez.org. They can find me on social media as The Real Maya Rodriguez. My book's coming out soon, and I know Father Pavon and I talk about uh, doing a whole thing about it. Uh, hopefully, it will be out soon at the end of the year, beginning of next year, so people could understand more. What gets a Catholic to do this, right? How can we get so confused? Uh, also, I do participate with Adende Wernon, which is as a global outreach coordinator. We're trying to get our ministry globally. I am also the Moms for America State Director in Arizona, right? Uh, I do many things because um, I felt that we have to wear many hats in this pro-life movement. I know, Janet, you do more than your show because I am seeing you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We just have to do, we have to do all we can. That's right. Well, Myra, thank you for your courage because so many people, when they are converted to being back with the Lord and stop doing things with the abortion industry, not everyone speaks out and i want to thank you for your courage of speaking out to warn people that planned parenthood is not their friend so thank you for joining me today god bless thank you god bless you jenin well brothers and sisters i hope you just learned even more like i've been telling you in all these programs planned parenthood and the abortion industry are not good for women's health unlike what the media tells you This is not about reproductive health. It is about the killing of a baby and a destroying of that mother because so many of these women are hurt physically, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I know that firsthand by the women from Silent No More. If you want to read more testimonies of women who have been hurt by abortion, just go to abortiontestimony.com. 
And if you know someone who's hurting from an abortion and wants to find healing, go to abortionforgiveness.com. We're not here to condemn them. We're here to lift them up out of that feeling of despair and say, you're not alone. You, there's a path back to the Lord and his mercy. And we're here for you again, abortionforgiveness.com. Well, thank you for joining me this evening. And remember, don't be afraid to speak up. You must be a voice like Myra, because remember, there are some abortions only you will be able to stop. And therefore, some lives only you can save. Thank you for joining me. Until next time, God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.